Welcome to the Pastor Mike Drop Podcast. It's day 22 on our 40-day tour through the Gospel of John. Open your Bibles, if you would please, to John chapter 10, starting in verse 19 today. It says this, When Jesus said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions about him. <laughs> this is nothing new, but this is John's way in his gospel of giving us a, a bit of a pause, a, an eye of the storm moment, a chance to reflect on some of the things that we've been reading about. It's, it's, it's been boiling and it's been rising and it's about to spill over. And so John artfully hits the pause button for us, his gentle readers. And he clearly wants us to reflect because this comes through in the rest of John chapter 10 on the major themes that he's been putting forward. So he kind of brings all of those out again. Major theme number one, all the evidence points to the fact that Jesus is the Messiah, the anointed one of God, which leads to major theme number two and the whole point for which John's gospel is written. And he'll even say that on the last page of this gospel. I'm writing these things so that you'll believe that Jesus is the Messiah. You'll believe the mountains of evidence and the layers and the way they all fit together, not just with what was going on in Jesus' day, but centuries before. Ezekiel chapter 34, for instance, hundreds of years before Jesus was even born, God speaks through the prophet Ezekiel, verse 23, and says, I will set over my people one shepherd, like my servant David. He will feed them and be a shepherd to them. There's a whole bunch before that and a whole bunch after that in Ezekiel 34, but we don't have time. Suffice it to say that when Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd, it wasn't just some random statement or he wasn't just coming up with some illustration out of the air. He knew Ezekiel's prophecy and he knew that he was fulfilling it. So he says, I'm the good shepherd. That's what Jesus said and that's why people were divided in their opinions about him. I'm the good shepherd. Ezekiel said that this good shepherd would be like David, the king, who a thousand years before Jesus pushed back uh, national enemies of Israel and their armies and allowed Israel to rise to prominence and prosperity. And so that's what people were expecting. They were expecting Jesus or whoever this new Messiah would be to come and like King David, a fulfillment of their interpretation of Ezekiel 34, like King David, he would push back national enemies. He would win political victories for them. Let me say this as clearly as I can, because I think our world needs to hear it. With all due respect to the importance of political issues of our day, Jesus has way bigger fish to fry. He's got an agenda that's way bigger. He's got victories to win that are eternal. He's a king of all kings who's bringing a kingdom in for all people of all times and all generations, giving us all the opportunity to connect to it by believing in his word. So when Jesus says at the beginning of this chapter, John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd, and he also says, I am the gate, he says this peculiar thing. He says, I'm the good shepherd who's going to lay down his life for his sheep, for us. We're the sheep. That doesn't sound like King David. King David was a shepherd, sure, but that was his kind of boyhood vocation. And then he became this great warrior, this great king. That, that's what we're looking for. Jesus, if you're really the Messiah, you you got to step it up. You, you, you're going to have to get, you're, you're going to have to start looking at things, you know, a, a little bit more like David did. You, you're going to have to start looking at pushing back our enemies, maybe taking over the Roman Empire. Maybe you could be the new Caesar. So Jesus wasn't the expected Messiah. 
he wasn't what people thought they were going to get, and so they weren't able to hear his voice. To be fair, a lot of people heard his voice, though. A lot of people found it absolutely refreshing and life-giving. Something about that. The people were divided in their opinions back then about Jesus. They still are today, and it probably shouldn't surprise us. It has everything to do with whether or not we can hear his voice, and anybody can. But we have to turn down the noise like John's gospel is doing for us here. Give us a moment before we turn the page into the, into the next chapter, John chapter 11, and <laughs> here comes another miracle of Jesus and, a, and the sign of all signs, the seventh and final sign, a prelude of his own death and resurrection. But that's the next episode for today. Let's look at what John's gospel wants us to look at, which is the big question. Who do you say Jesus is? Given the mountains of evidence that Jesus is the Messiah, that he's the anointed one of God, and that he isn't the Messiah that was expected, he's something even greater. He's greater than Abraham. He's greater than Moses. He's greater than Elijah. He's greater than King David. He is God in human form. He's the good shepherd who's also the gate, who lays down his life for the sheep. When I was in college, there... Um, was a new basketball player in my hometown. My hometown is Chicago. And when I came home for Christmas break, I got to go to one of his games for the Chicago Bulls. It was Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, considered still to this day uh, the greatest to ever play the game by a lot of us anyway, myself included. He led the Chicago Bulls to six NBA championships, won the most valuable player award multiple times, that Michael Jordan. But it, he wasn't without controversy his rookie year, especially among some of the curmudgeon Chicago sports writers who felt the Bulls had made a huge mistake by drafting this relatively small little guard, six foot six inches from North Carolina instead of a big giant of a center. Or if you weren't going to get a big giant of a seven foot plus center on your team in the draft, then at least get somebody from the rough and tumble Chicago High School Public League who knew how to play basketball the Chicago way. That was the controversy. That's what the naysayers who stood against Jordan, who didn't believe in him as a basketball player, that's what they were saying. There were some of, some of us, though, who believed in him right away. It wouldn't be long before he set uh, a record for NBA guards scoring 37 points a game and, and, and leading the Bulls to uh, mountaintops that we'd never been on before as Chicago fans. But it was controversial because he wasn't the player that some of the experts expected. Jesus was not the Messiah that some of the religious experts expected. And so there was controversy surrounding him. It says in verse 22, it was now winter and Jesus was walking into Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. Hanukkah is a holiday I'm sure you've heard of that has a lot to do with the heritage of our faith as Christians, not, not just the Jews, but Christians too. In 167 BC, Israel was invaded by, by a rival army led by Antiochus Epiphanes, and they took over Israel, and they took over Jerusalem, and they took over the temple, and they defiled the temple by, by bringing sacrifices to the temple that stood against everything the traditions of the laws of Moses stood for in, in terms of how God's people would worship in that temple, the place where God resided. 
So three years later, when a great warrior, future king named Judas Maccabeus uh, came forward and he pushed back this rival army and nation, and they took Jerusalem back and they took the temple back, Israel did, and they rededicated the temple and they cleansed it. And that's the origin of Hanukkah. It's a big deal. So it's that holy day, it's that festival of dedication where Jesus walks into the temple when, when, when the Jews would be thinking about victories and cleansing and new life, but they'd also be thinking about kings, great warrior kings like David, great warrior kings like Judas Maccabeus. And if there's a Messiah, doesn't he have to be a great warrior king again? But Jesus didn't fit the mold. And so they decried, or they cried out, it's blasphemy. Because Jesus claims in verse 30 of our reading for today that the Father in heaven and I are one. They said, well, this is absolute blasphemy. We're stoning you not for any good work, but for blasphemy. You, a mere man, claim to be God. Which would be a logical statement, except that Jesus is God. And that's what John wants us to pause on and reflect on today. All the evidence points to the fact that Jesus is the Messiah. Do you believe it? It's the most important question we'll ever be asked. That's why this Bible study, this journey through John's gospel is worth our time because it gives us a, a, a deeper and a broader perspective on who this Jesus is. And I hope, I hope more than anything else, it is strengthening your faith. Stick with it. We're... Uh, we're just barely a little bit more than halfway there, and everything we've done so far is just a prelude to the things that are still to come. We'll pick it up there. Please like, review, and share on whatever platform you're using. That helps us get the word out. And join us for weekend worship. You can go to lutheranchurchofhope.org to find out how. We'll see you there. Can I pray?